I wanna get into this series um, that we've been in. I'm gonna have to give you a, a brief recap, okay? Everything that we've been through so far is on podcast, all right? So um, I'm gonna be brief and trust that if you have any questions about what we're doing or why we're doing it, that you might go to the Ethos Church podcast and listening to this first podcast on Back to Basics, all right? So we've been in this series, Back to Basics, and quick recap, all right? Um, first is that we've been discussing the why of basic Christian practices, all right? So we've, we've addressed uh, prayer so far, and last week we started Bible, and we've stopped, uh, we've stopped at why, and we just started talking about, hey, why again do we do this? Because um, if you've ever done something for so long and you looked up and went, wait, I can't remember why this is important, and so we wanted to address the why, but then the second week of each practice, we're discussing the how, and I've been using this phrase that I'm really a fan of and hope you are too, but that when something stops at information, it's just not that great, but when information meets participation, that's where we get to experience transformation. And so we did a really good job at this two weeks ago, breaking down the how of prayer. And if you were there, you remember that we circled up our chairs and we shared things with one another because statistics show that we remember like 70 or 80% of what we discuss versus remembering like 20% of what someone just simply says to you, right? So when I just talk at you, I got like a one in five chance you're gonna remember anything I say. But when we talk together, when we share ideas together, that goes up all the way up to 70, 80% that we're gonna remember some of the things we discuss. It's with that being said, and I hope the statistics have lured you into being excited about this, that I wanna go ahead and invite us right now. Actually, give me one more minute of prefacing. I'm going to invite us to circle up into groups of three to five, all right? Five is the max. When we go above the number five, we begin having to rush what we're saying, and that actually gets in the way of what we're trying to accomplish. So I'm gonna invite you to get in groups of three to five this morning. It's not mandatory. If you wanna sit in the chair and just like look down at your knees while everyone's doing that, that's totally okay. I'm serious about that. You might feel awkward, but please feel empowered to do that. But if you're willing to get in groups of three to five, um, I think it's so important that we talk with one another and not just talk about what we're excited about, what we're about to go do, but also if we're skeptical, if we're doubtful. Like I want this place to be a place where we're free to be honest about our experience and how we're feeling, to be vulnerable. And if this space is gonna be honest and vulnerable as we participate together, I need us all to make an agreement that we accept that all of us are different with different experiences, different stories, that there's gonna be some of us in this room that go, oh my goodness, we're talking about Bible reading. I could not be more excited, Cody. Some of us are gonna go, hey, uh, we're talking about Bible reading and I could not be more skeptical or more disheartened. And I want this to be okay. And so uh, if we're gonna be open and honest, we all need to agree that as someone shares, that is not our moment to offer like just this golden piece of advice. I can fix that for you, right? Because then it kind of, it's like, I don't really know you like that. Like, I wasn't trying to get fixed just then. I was just trying to share something on my heart. And so can we all just agree that we're not gonna be like uh, apologetics right now. We're not gonna like convince people of our opinions, but we're just gonna listen and kind of do a thank you for sharing kind of vibe. Is that cool? Can I get head nods of like, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. All right, great. All right. So right now I wanna invite you, go ahead and circle up into groups of three to five people. If I see a group of six, I'm gonna invite you, I'm gonna invite you to separate into two groups of three. So go ahead, this is your living room, make it messy, literally circle up your chairs, go for it. There's no rhyme or reason except for the, you know, three to five, that's, that's the thing we need. Hey Adam, Adam, I get that. <laughs> 
Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. For the next, like, 20 seconds or so, are you guys, we in a group, we're good? Um, all right. For the next, tw- uh, so... If you haven't done this already, you're gonna share who you are in like 20 seconds or less, and we're gonna trust that over this next hour, you'll get to know each other, all right? Um, but as you say who you are, what's your name, how do you get to Nashville, I also want you to tell each other what your view of the Bible was as you grew up. So what did you understand the Bible to be? How did you view the Bible growing up? So who are you, where are you from, all the stuff, and then how did you view the Bible growing up? Go ahead, go for it, share with one another. Your view of scripture growing up, share that with each other. About one more minute. About one more minute. If you've already answered the questions, talk about something else. Or just sit and stare at each other. All right, I'm gonna invite you to start slowly finding a beautiful sentence to conclude the conversation, just that perfect transition sentence. Maybe a, so anyway, and then look at me. All right, start wrapping up the conversation. Guys, I'm just so honored like, that you guys are, are in on this, that you're trying. I, this is such a different rhythm for, if I had to guess, your traditional Sunday. So thank you for being willing. Some of you guys are like me, and at 9 a.m., your emotional availability is at negative 30%. And uh, this is a hard exercise to go, okay, I'm gonna try to talk and listen, and I'm not even like, fully awake yet. Um, even if I get up at like 7, 9 a.m., I'm, I'm not there. So thank you guys, seriously, for being willing to do this. I think it's gonna lead to, to good things. All right, I'm gonna go over a little bit of teaching for a little bit. If you're like facing totally away from me and you either, you can stay facing that way. I don't care, but just know I'm gonna talk for a little bit. So you might get annoyed with the like, the neck thing, especially if you have a neck like mine. It is broke. All right. Um, all right, so I wanna talk through all right, I got a lot of stuff on the table. I need to clear this off. Um, I want to talk a little bit through, and I'm getting text. Hold on, guys. Let me just get ready for this. All right. Because I'm actually going to use my phone a little bit, but I don't want to uh, look at it while. Okay. All right. My wife texts me. She's sick. She's not going to make it today. So I pray for her. That was not a joke. Um, all right. Um, so, uh, all right. I want to talk through some, some of the practices of prayer and some of the practicals that surround those practices and things just to consider as you're trying to, nope, Bible reading. I'm aware of where we are in the teaching series. Some of the practices of Bible reading and some of the practicals that surround that. And I wanna talk about Bible reading on both an individual level and also reading the Bible in the context of community. Um, And just like two weeks ago with prayer, I'm gonna start out with practicals, all right? Some of the practicals that can surround Bible reading. Um, and I, I want to, to reference the podcast from two weeks ago, um, because in prayer, I talked about some of the practicals to think about our rhythm, our environment, and physical posture. And I really talked through those things in a way that I would talk about Bible reading. And so I don't want, because time is a thing, and we have a lot to cover, I'm not going to flesh those out, but something to consider, and go listen to that podcast to hear more about that, um, but consider your calendar, All right, so very briefly, as long as your reading the Bible rhythm is answering to your calendar, your reading will suffer, all right? But when you force your calendar to answer to your Bible reading, your reading will flourish. 
So what I mean by that is, instead of going, all right, I'm busy all these times, where can the Bible fit? Where can my time in the Word fit? Well, we, are, we live in a culture that idolizes busyness. And so you might find that your Bible reading fits sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. But if you go, no, my priority is prayer. My priority is Bible reading. And these things have to answer to that. You'll find it flourishing. So that's one thing to consider. Environment's another thing. Um, if you don't like think intentionally about where you read the word, you'll often find yourself in distracted places, in a hurry, not giving it much attentiveness. But I've just found, as I said, oh, hey, at this time and at this space, I'm just gonna give God some time and I'm gonna be in the word, and I'm choosing this environment that helps me focus, that helps me listen, that helps me be attentive. I'm less distracted. It's worth considering. Again, I elaborate way more on that in the prayer podcast from two weeks ago. Um, and then lastly, the physical posture. All I wanna say about that is an attentive posture will often lead to attentive reading. A lazy posture will equal lazy reading so often. For example, laying down and reading the Bible, although I'm not, that's a great thing. To me, it turns into a bedtime story that's very effective, all right? Like, I'm out, I'm done. So um, that's, that's a good thing. I would encourage reading the Bible and falling asleep. That's a great way to fall asleep. Um, but also, like, making sure that in the times where you're really trying to glean from the word, reflect, absorb, all those things, um, to consider, like, how you are attentive as you sit, as you stand, as you lay, whatever the thing is, okay? Okay, so those three things. Um, one more little tidbit. I would encourage you, when we're talking about Bible reading, to have a physical Bible, all right? To have one of these. Um, you don't have to. There's Bible apps and they're amazing. I use mine. But I've just found this thing is both extremely helpful, but also like the number one source of distraction. And so maybe you can do airplane mode and that's good for you. You can read on this thing, on this phone, all right, and, and not be distracted. But I would also encourage at times being able to just like put this in a drawer in another room or just throw it in your backyard or in the trash can for a little bit. Not in the trash, just put it, you know, somewhere and, and get out a physical Bible. That, for me at least, this thing just produces anxiousness. I don't know why. Even if it's on airplane mode, I'm like, no, I don't have any notifications, but if I turned off airplane mode, I would. I would, and I wonder what those are. Okay, let's turn off airplane mode real quick. And then there they are. They're the notifications, and they're not even important. Your screen time was up 30% this week. Okay, thank you. I didn't want to know that. All right, so, um, so I would just encourage you putting it away. If you go, I don't have a physical Bible, and I really can't afford one, and I'm, I'm serious about this. If you go, I, I just, I can't really put that in my budget. Um, these Bibles in all four corners of the room, take one home with you. I'm very serious. If you don't have a physical Bible and you don't have the means to get one, take one of our Bibles home, all right? I think that can be helpful. All right. So those are things I wanted to really quickly uh, skim over. Last week in Cody Hunter's teaching on the, the why of scripture, he brought up something that I thought was really important. He talked about the three genres of scripture, the three primary genres of scripture, if you guys remember that. Um, and if you don't, guess what? Podcast, right? So we have narrative, right? That was one. Can someone name another one? Poetry. Poetry. Can you name the next one? Prose or discourse. All right, um, so he broke down those genres. And I, as he was talking through that, the week leading up to teaching, I really started thinking about that. Because we, as we were talking, we were going, man, how do you approach scripture? Because if you always approach any text going, okay, God, what is my to do today? Or, or what is your encouragement for me today? Or what is the virtue vitamin that he would let Cody use? I love that phrase. What, what's the virtue vitamin you have for me today? If you open to Joshua chapter three, 
And I don't remember what that chapter is, but I know that Joshua is like war and bloodshed. And if you go, okay, God, like, what do you have for me today? And you read Joshua 3, you're like, <laughs> I don't know what this means, but it's not good. Like, right? Like, because you're approaching it with, a, with this like kind of narrow mindset. And so I want to show us a video from our guys at Bible Project that we call our guys, even though we have no relationship with them, but we like them. All right. And it's going to break down a little bit some of the genres, what those mean, and hopefully it's going to help inform us. And then I'm going to come back and share how to enter into, how to read, how to absorb different genres of scripture, okay? So this has been messing up a little bit today. There's been glitches in our system. Hopefully this will work, but let's watch this video, if it works. Okay. 
our speeches, letters, or essays. And the focus here is building a sequence of ideas or thoughts into one linear argument that requires a logical response. But hey, have you thought about this thing? You should also consider how it connects to the subject. And if you do, then you will see that this is the result. In light of that conclusion, therefore, you should probably stop doing that one thing so that this other thing will be compatible. So if you're persuading you to agree. Yeah, this sort of forces you to think logically and consistently and then do something about it. Biblical discourse is found in law collections, in wisdom literature, and the letters written by the apostles. Okay, so each book of the Bible has one literary style. No, actually most books have a primary literary style, like narrative, for example. But then embedded in the narrative, you'll come across poems or parables or collective laws. Every biblical book is a unique combination of literary styles. And to read that book well, I need to be familiar with each literary type and how it works. Yeah, so you know what to pay attention to and what questions you should ask. But before we look at each type, there's one more unifying feature of biblical that's really important and really cool, and that's what we'll explore next. Check, check, okay. Um, shout out my auditory learners. Um, you loved the last minute of that video. Um, wow, shout out that joke. That worked, all right. Um, okay, so uh, hold, where are they? Oh, there they are, okay. Um, so yes, th that threw me off. I got confused. Hold on one second. Let me, let me remember where I'm at. All right, so um, yeah, so the Bible is broken down into genres, and we're gonna look into that a little bit more. Um, please notice that we've used Bible Project the past two weeks. Um, all we have to do to use uh, Bible Project and their amazing resources is YouTube it. All of it's free, and so I would encourage you, as you're trying to explore scripture, take advantage of people who have really done a lot of hard work to make complex things simplified, um, that when left to our own devices, we're like, I'm lost, what does this mean? Um, and I would encourage you, so they, they break down more specifically narrative and poetry and discourse. Um, they, yeah, the, and discourse. So um, you can look that up on YouTube. Literally, they, they go more extensively into each of these genres, so I'd encourage you to do that. And also, if you're embarking on a new book or a new letter in scripture, YouTube, go to YouTube, type in Bible Project, and then that book of the Bible. They do an amazing job um, through illustration giving you context for that book of the Bible, right? It really helps you understand. It's really helped me. In fact, as we train church planners, as, as I work for Onward, we train church planners, this is one of the things that we put in their reading plan is, hey, before you read a book of the Bible, watch a Bible project video so that you can understand where you're at in the story, what's going on. So that's been really, really helpful. Okay, um, second thing I wanna tell you about this book. This is another practical. It's called 30 Days to Understanding the Bible. It's by a guy named Max Anders, all right? 30 Days to Understanding the Bible. As you go through this book, you will feel like you are in VBS in second grade all over again, and it's so awesome. Here is why, all right? So you'll see in this book a ton of illustrations and a ton of fill-in-the-blanks, all right? And as you go through this book, he breaks down the genres of Scripture, but also the eras of Scripture. And every day, it's 30 days, literally, and every day you will read the same thing, with a little bit of information added, and you'll write the same thing with a couple of new things to write down. So for example, day one, you'll write down, the era is, uh, is the creation era. 
The main character is Adam. What happens in that one? Man falls. There's sin that enters into the world. And it'll walk through the 12 eras of scripture and over and over again, you're writing down, you're repeating, you're drawing on maps. And I have just found that that kind of repetition where you read it and then you write it. In some ways, you take in information and then you participate. Huh? Huh? Good book. Uh, I've just found that my brain can like retain so much information with that method. And so I would encourage you, if you wanna have a better picture of the big picture of scripture, of the 12 eras, the timeline of scripture, and where you find your place in that story, consider buying 30 Days to Understanding the Bible by Max Anders. I do not know Max Anders. I'm getting paid zero money to talk about this book. It's just extremely helpful, okay? All right, great. All right, let's talk through the genres of scripture, okay? Genres of scripture, all right? And again, if you're taking notes and you get lost, I'll send you everything I have. Um, So I wanna talk through the narratives, the poetry, and the discourse a little bit. Um, So if you are reading um, a narrative, for example, uh, the book of Exodus, if you're just reading a narrative in scripture, I wanna give you a key word of observe, all right? So if you're reading the Bible and you're in a narrative part of scripture, and if you're like, how do I know that? Check out Bible Project check out 30 Days to Understanding the Bible, all right? All right, so uh, like the book of Exodus, okay? I think a really helpful word when you're in narrative is observation, observe. Ask yourself what you are noticing about God, what you are noticing about people. Think through what the author is saying and doing and just contemplate, man, what is the purpose? Why did the author include that right here? Why does the author keep coming back to that? Simply observe and ask yourself questions. What is he trying to get me to understand? And remember as you're in the middle of narrative that you are in a micro part of a macro story, all right? You're in a small part of a much bigger story, okay? So again, like if you approach it with that, what does God have for me just today? What's my like golden rule for today? That might not be a very helpful way to read narrative, although sometimes it will prove fruitful, okay? Um, uh, Cody was someone's on the phone and I thought he was being a heretic. He said, when you're reading narrative, um, read it like you read a fiction book. And I was like, earth to Cody, the Bible is not fiction, right? But what he was saying was, as you're reading a fiction book, you're paying attention to how the author's writing, why he's including what he's including. You're like trying to like pick up the clues. And that is a great way to read narrative parts of scripture, all right? The words are intentional. They're trying to provoke thought. They're trying to stir you in a certain way. Um, so an example of this, you might notice like in the, in the story of Adam and Eve, they see this tree of life. They notice that it looks good to them. And although they've been instructed this is not the way, they say, but it looks good, I want it, and so I will partake in it, right? And you would think that it'd be a big moment where humanity, God's people would go, okay, from now on, even if something looks good and we desire it, we won't do it if God says not to, right? But then as you keep reading through the story of the Israelites, they see this, that, that all the countries around them have kings and the Israelites are just led by God. But they see that kings are are easy to look at, they're appealing, they're powerful, and they see this guy named Saul, and Saul's built, and he's buff, and he's strong, he's a leader, he's probably like a loud guy like me, but but much bigger and stronger, and, and, uh, and they look, and they think he looks good, and they desire him to be their king, and so God says, like, okay, grant them their desire to have a king, but know that they've, like, turned their back on me, and over and over again, you'll notice these themes, and that's what happens as you read through narratives, as you journey through over time, you'll be able to step back and go, oh, I keep observing this thing about God. This must be telling me this about his character. Oh, I keep learning this. The humans, they keep doing this thing. Oh, I'm starting to see that in my life and you'll be able to make those connections. Does that make sense? So observe narrative. Okay, secondly, with poetry, 
Um, the word absorb, all right? Now, I feel like a novice in this area. So grace to me and all of us as we explore poetry, okay? But my encouragement would be to absorb. As you're reading poetry, you're gonna come across words that provoke emotion and imagination. You'll find repetition that will help you slow down and absorb what's being communicated. Um, it, I mentioned this earlier. Um, we were talking about science and philosophy I, because of what you're studying, right? Um, and and I, was, I thought about CrossFit and how CrossFit, it, I'd never done it, clearly, but, but uh, the idea is you do different exercises to work out the same muscle in different ways, right? And apparently that really helps like train your muscles. I'm kind of tapping into what I think CrossFit is. Um, Poetry is kind of similar. You'll see thoughts that are just said differently over and over again to like help you capture what's being said from different angles. And as you're reading through poetry, I would just encourage you just to absorb it, just to read it, to feel it, to let your, like, let your imagination roll. Um, but as you'll learn as you read through poetry, those words will absorb in your heart. And sometimes they'll begin to be words when you don't have them. Um, sometimes they'll give you permission to be honest and explicit with God. You'll learn that people of God were honest and explicit with God. And we see this with Jesus. He so often was quoting poetry. If you think about him on the cross, when he says, my father or my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting a psalm in that moment. As Cody and I were talking, he was helping me understand, like Jesus had absorbed the, the, the poetry in scripture that in a time of pain, when maybe he didn't have the words, he uttered a scripture that was deeply embedded in his heart. And I think it's a good example of how poetry can play out in our life. All right, let's move on to discourse. Did I spell that right? Is that right? Well, I saw it on the, slot, the Bible project. They had it all broken up, and I was like, shoot, is that two words? Um, okay, all right. Uh, when you're in discourse, um, two words here, reflect and apply. Now, this is the model I think you'll be the most comfortable with, but you probably tried to apply it to all three, right? Is this idea that you read you reflect on your life, and then you think, how can I apply this as I go and live my life, okay? And I want to introduce you to a method called SOAP. Has anyone heard of SOAP? It's pretty, oh, shoot. I don't even need to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. Um, no, uh, but I want to tell you about SOAP, because this is a, uh, it's just kind of helpful sometimes to have a fun acronym that helps you access Scripture, all right? So SOAP stands for Scripture, what's the next one? Say it louder. Observation. Observation. Next one. Application. Application. Next one. Prayer. Prayer. <laughs> huh. Play. Play. Play around. Um, scripture. Observe. Apply. Prayer. Okay. So um, this just means as you're reading a scripture, pay attention. As you're, maybe you're reading a chapter, and a verse stands out to you, and you feel like God is like kind of like, hey, that verse that 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 stood out to you taking time to observe. So maybe you would have a journal and go, okay, here's the scripture I was reading. So 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. All right, that's what I was reading. Now observe it. What caught your eye? Why did it catch your eye? What are you noticing? What's sticking out to you? Well, 1 Timothy 2 1, I'm noticing that Paul is instructing his young pastor, his son in the faith, to pray, to intercede on behalf of all people. And that his first instruction to a pastor is to pray, not to work on his teaching series, not to build a volunteer system, but to simply pray 
for people. Okay, I'm observing that. That's really important. Why is that sticking out to me? Well, it's sticking out to me because I live in a culture that says I'm a doer. Like I, I, I get things done. I'm efficient. I build strategies. I build systems. I say things effectively. That's how I get people to know Jesus. But Paul seems to be suggesting that prayer is the step in helping people come to know God. Okay, I'm observing that. How do I apply it? All right, so we've done scripture. We've observed it. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm noticing. Here's what's coming up in my heart. Now, how do I apply it? Okay, I think I need to start praying for my people before I preach to them. Whoa, I'm gonna consider what I just said. That was solid. Uh, I'm gonna pray before I preach, you know what I'm saying? Um, But okay, I, I need to start developing a rhythm where I just pray for people. Like every day I take time to pray for specific people, listen to Holy Spirit. Like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. All right, every day at 7.30 a.m., I've got my breakfast, I'm about to go to work. I'm gonna stop, sit on the couch for at least 10 minutes and I'm gonna pray. I'm just gonna begin praying for people. That's my application. All right, then you end with prayer. God, I know that at 7.30, I'm emotionally unavailable. I also know prayer is important and that by the time my day gets rolling, I have too much going on and I never stop. I'm just not disciplined yet. Will you help me to start with a small step of just praying in the morning? I'm gonna stick to it. Will you help lead me? Will you give me the courage? Will you give me the open eyes with the lack of sleep in my eyes to like pray and pray for people? Will you just help me? All right, that would be an example of how you'd work through soap, okay? Does that make sense? So I would encourage you, if you're in the the discourse part of scripture, like the epistles, um, to come with that approach, going, God, what are you saying to me? Like, what's sticking out to me and why? And then how can I start, what's a small step I can take? What's a step I can take toward obedience? And then will you help me? And maybe I would add an S to soap and go soaps, because at times I think you should share it. I think you should share with people in your community, um, which I guess we're on the individual side. So when we get to the communal, share, all right? Share with people, testifying to what God's doing in your heart, naming it, naming what you wanna step into, it just adds accountability. It adds like this, it helps me at least step into the thing that I feel like God's churning in my heart, okay? All right, that's so, all right, let's talk about, we got two more and then we're gonna do an exercise together, okay? One thing that I've also found be powerful as I've come across passages in the discourse realm that have stuck out to me, I've learned to write them down, to write the scripture, and then to rewrite it in my own words. So I was at a coffee shop one time, saw a guy reading the Bible, felt the Holy Spirit say, talk to this guy. Turns out he was a pastor of a church in Florida, but sometimes he pastored via the internet. It was a really weird thing, but he was awesome. Started talking to him and uh, was like, you know, I just like God told me to talk to you. And he ended up telling me, that he was right in the middle of reading scripture, paying attention to what stuck out, writing that down word for word, and then writing it in his own words and praying over it. And he said there was something about the exercise of first writing down exactly what it said, and then secondly, writing it in his own words that helped his brain understand it, helped it click in his heart. And uh, I think that was really powerful. So I started doing that. And I found that that really helped scripture sink in my heart. So I would encourage you to to play around with that, try it. Um, Last thing, um, I would encourage you to sit, walk, or run. That's the, that's the imagery I came up with. It's terrible. But when I say that, what I'm saying is when, sometimes when you're reading scripture, it's helpful just to read one verse and to sit with that passage and to let it just sink in your heart. Because if you're like me, you can turn into that one chapter a day mentality and you're not really looking for anything to stick out. You're just doing the thing you're supposed to do, which is a good and healthy thing at times. But sometimes it's helpful to slow your roll and let a passage of scripture just marinate in your heart. That walk imagery is that just like a healthy pace. Think about that. You're not in a hurry. You're just like one step at a time, solid, consistent. Uh, That's where you're in that part of the reading plan where you're reading a chapter a day or a paragraph a day. But I also encourage you at times to run, 
to read larger chunks of scripture. One time I had a guy give me advice and he told me to, to read an entire gospel in one setting and see what the Lord does. And I was like, that sounds kind of terrible to just sit that long and read that long. Like that's tough for my attention span. But as I did that, it really was powerful. There's things you notice on like the macro, the bigger, larger story. It helps you grasp. Because if you break it up into a chapter a day, by the time you're in chapter 20, you're like, what was chapter three again? I can't really remember. Like, I gotta reread this whole thing again, which is a good thing. But as you read a larger narrative, things will just stand out. So I would encourage you, if you've never done this, take time to read one gospel in one sitting and just see what God does in your heart. Or read an epistle in one sitting. Okay, um, I want us to practice the soap exercise, all right? Um, and so for a little bit, I'm gonna put a scripture on the screen and I wanna invite you to read it, just to read this one verse, to ask like, okay, what's God doing in my heart? What am I hearing? What am I sensing? If you wanna pull out a pen and paper or pull out a phone and then ask, how could I apply this to my life? And then begin praying on it, okay? So we're gonna practice soap together right now and we're gonna do that on an individual level. So although we're in our circles, we're all agreeing on an individual level, we're gonna participate, all right? So here is the scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. So I wanna invite you right now to pull out a pen and paper, to just read this a few times. Ask God, like, what are, you, what are you revealing in my heart? What's popping up? What am I seeing? And then begin thinking through, how do I apply something in this passage to my life? And then when you're done doing that, take a time to just pray. Now, this is gonna be a very condensed version, but I wanna give us a chance to practice this, okay? Um, so go ahead and do that for the next four or five minutes, and then we'll come back. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed the taste test of soap. Um, when you think about Matthew 7, Jesus saying the wise man is the one who hears my words and puts them into practice, right? That a wise man and a fool both hear Jesus saying things, right? The wise man actually puts them into practice. Soap is a good like, good, like kind of starter's way, and really it's good at any point, to help you practice that rhythm of not only hearing the word of God, but doing it. Like that's where the abundant life that God promises is available, is as we step into obedience, okay? Um, all right, thanks for participating in that. Two things I didn't mention that I'd like to just briefly say. Memorization is, uh, is just such a powerful, like honestly a powerful spiritual weapon. Having scripture memorized and in your heart is so helpful. Um, the people that I know that I'm like, man, they are after the Lord and I wanna look like them. They all seem to have that in common. They love scripture and they memorize it. Um, secondly, podcast. Uh, if you know any, anybody, anybody that just talks about the word, preaches the word in good ways, that's, that's, that can be a good change of pace for me. Um, like I'll, I'll walk or you'll sometimes see me on Belmont Boulevard just literally walking the block with headphones in and I'm just listening to sermons. Just listening to other people break down the word can be a helpful thing, all right? Um, let's talk about the communal, the communal side. Um, everything we've discussed so far can be done in community. And I think this is really overlooked. Um, it's a powerful thing to break down scripture together, to be together around the word. Um, but like anything, it takes time to establish a new normal. And so if you're going, I don't even know how I would start, um, it doesn't have to be sexy or smooth, um, but creating an atmosphere where you and your friends give yourself permission to break open the word on just a casual morning can be a powerful thing. I would encourage you to practice Bible reading in your families, in your friend groups, in your dating relationships. 
literally. And you don't always have to do something like special. Sometimes it's just, hey, every day or on this day of the week, let's sit down together and read scripture. We don't have to talk about it with each other, but let's just agree. We're gonna sit for an hour or 30 minutes, whatever it is, and we're just gonna read the Bible. I think that is such a good practice. Uh, Leah and I, when we were dating, started that practice every single week. And it was terrible for me physically because I'd get up at like 7 a.m. and meet her at a coffee shop at 7.30. And does everyone understand I'm not a morning person? I made that clear today. Um, But we would show up at a coffee shop and we would just read scripture. And just the practice of it, I'm not even talking about we'd read scripture and I would just hear this word. Like there were moments where God would like light my heart up. But just the practice of it, it's as if that was communicating something to my spirit. Like I am, I am a child of God. Like I love his word. It was just powerful. There was power in it. So I would encourage that. Um, all these practices are available in community. Um, something that I've seen Cody do, um, that's Cody right there in the back. Um, every, is it every quarter? Every quarter? Every quarter he'll host this gathering and he'll put it on Facebook. Like anyone can come. So we're all gonna be there. We're gonna pack out his house shoulder to shoulder, but they will sit down and read an entire gospel in one sitting in community. And then what were you guys do after that? We all process it. What were y'all do? Is it just read it and that's it? Read it and leave. Okay. Um, and people have just, I haven't been able to make one yet. That's my beat, man. Um, <laughs> thank you for the personal invitation though. Um, but um, I've literally had multiple people tell me that is a powerful exercise. It's just a powerful change of pace. Um, in some ways, up in the pace a little bit to just sit in community. And I think we all change readers. Chapter by chapter. Yeah. And uh, it, what's been good about that, Cody? Um, just kind of what you were talking about earlier in that there's something about we're used to dialing in on the really tight chunks of like Jesus' life and story and teaching and um, it's really good and really powerful, but each author specifically crafted their gospel with a motive in mind, a theme that they're trying to communicate something about Jesus' life that they want you to see and how they've structured the book. That if I, if I read the book of Mark over a month, I just don't grasp it as well dialed in so tight over and over again where if I get in a room with other people who read it with other words and ways that I don't typically read it and I hear them read it and we look at the whole thing in a two hour period together, those themes and those like things that Mark is trying to trace all the way through just like to stand it's out good. crazy it's just a good habit to get, get into as well. amazing, amazing, so that's a good example um for starters, if you're going, I've got a group of friends, I wanna read scripture, something that I've seen be really powerful across believers and non-believers is to break open the gospel, read a chunk at a time, a paragraph, a story at a time, and then ask the question, why do you think Jesus did that? What does that tell you about Jesus? How does that apply to your life? That is, that's what we did in the house church years ago, but that was so powerful because when you ask the question of like, hey, why would Jesus do that? You start, it just helps you capture like, Oh, because like he literally, he like was in love with the tax collector. Gosh, that must have blown the Pharisee's mind. And you get kind of lost in it, like, whoa. And, and Jesus just like, he's already beautiful, but he just gets more and more beautiful. So I would encourage you to get with a group of people and you're going, I want to start something, but don't know what. Break open a gospel and just pay attention to Jesus and talk about it, okay? Last thing I want to talk about is something we're actually going to do together right now, and then we'll share. It's called Lectio Divina, all right? Has anyone done Lectio Divina before? Okay. Um, I'm not an expert in like leading it, but I'm gonna try, okay? Um, So Lectio Divina, to me, is a really powerful chance, a powerful time of listening to scripture and asking Holy Spirit to just bring things to the surface of our hearts that maybe we wouldn't have brought otherwise. So I'm gonna read this passage out of of, uh, Luke, and we're gonna read this story, 
And we're just gonna give ourselves permission to sit, to be still, to be silent, and to listen to what Holy Spirit might bring up to the surface of our hearts. And then we're gonna have a time of sharing. So I want you to go ahead and like sit up straight, to sit in a good posture, whatever helps you breathe deeply. As you're sitting up straight, I wanna ask you just to take a few deep breaths. Closing your eyes can help because it's kind of awkward, but close your eyes if you want. And right now, I wanna ask you to take a few deep breaths. And as best as you can, give your brain permission to just kind of be quiet. There's a lot of things to think about, a lot of distractions, other people in my circle looking at me as my eyes are closed. What's after this? What are my plans? What's this week been like? There's plenty of things to think about, but right now I wanna invite you to just give your brain, give your mind permission to just be quiet. As distractions come, let them pass just as fast as they came. And I'm gonna read this passage out of Luke chapter five. And I wanna encourage you just to, to let your imagination run as I read this. Picture what you're seeing, picture what you're hearing. Picture this scene that we're gonna capture. And as you picture it, pay attention to what like really grabs your attention. Pay attention to what you observe. Wrestle with it. Be challenged by it, be encouraged by it. I'm gonna read this once, then I'm gonna be quiet for a little bit and let you reflect and just listen. Then I'll read it again, I'll be quiet again, then I'll read it one more time. This is Luke 5. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Jesus asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, We toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Be quiet for a minute that you reflect on that.
On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Jesus asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when Jesus had finished teaching, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of, uh, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. I want to invite you guys for the next, you know, three to five minutes, just share with your group. What did you hear? What did you notice? Um, and just talk about it. What questions were you asking? What were you encouraged by? Um, so let's just share with one another um, what, what things were just provoked in our hearts. All right. I'm going to invite you guys back to the front. And uh, if any of the conversations feel incomplete, uh, I invite you to follow up afterward. Um, maybe go to, go to brunch or just to continue these. But, um, you know, everything we've mentioned, this can all be done in the context of community. And um, for me, you know, experience is an important factor in my life. If I've experienced it, it helps me talk about it confidently. Um, everything we talked about today, 
has just really helped me and helped my community grow in their love for the word. Um, it's led to real, real deep like epiphanies about Holy Spirit, about God and who he is and his character. And it's been really fun. And so I would encourage you to, to just try it. Uh, on the individual level, I think you've heard some, some things that would help you, but also I would really encourage on the communal level. If you're not in a, a community that consistently gets in the word and tries different things and, and just explores the word together, I'd encourage you to do that. You can do that through House Church and maybe God's calling you right now to start something. Um, but anyway, if you need any help along the way, come talk to me, for real. Um, if you're here going, look, I wanna read the Bible, but like how, like where do I start, what do I do? Um, there are a lot of reading plans available that are extremely helpful. Some will go Genesis through Revelation and some of you guys have the endurance to last through Genesis through Revelation just straight through. But there's also some really helpful reading plans that balance out Old Testament reading, New Testament reading, and then like a Psalm and Proverb. And that's actually really cool because it also flexes all the genres, typically. You'll get some narrative, you'll get some discourse, you'll get some poetry, and it can be a really nice ebb and flow. If you need a reading plan, if you go, I wanna start, I don't know where, um, come holler at me, talk to Cody, I, I will help you. We will help you, we will equip you, okay? So if, if you're going, I wanna start, don't know where, come talk to me. Um, anything else that I wanted to say? No. Okay. So we can go ahead and straighten up our chairs. Um, get back in a row. Um, that'd be great. Watch out for coffee. If you spill coffee, welcome to the club as I have spilt many a coffees. It's okay. And as you get back in a row, I invite you to, to go ahead and stand. And you can, uh, you can exit your row towards the middle and you can go ahead and grab communion. We have communion in all four corners of the room. So if you're closest to the front, exit toward the middle. Um, grab communion in the front, all four corners. Go ahead, exit towards the middle. If you're closer to the back, go to the back. And uh, as you hold communion, you're gonna take this individually um, while you're standing, but I just encourage you to pray. God, will you help me love your word? Will you help me read your word? And uh, remember that discipleship square from a couple weeks ago where we talked about there's always this desire to do something and then the despair of it being difficult but if you'll lean into discipline and going back to it and going back to it, you'll experience delight and realize like you have fallen in love with the word that is totally possible. Um, so yeah, as we take communion, pray, God, will you give me a heart for your word?